It's the peak of the summer, and that means two things. One, it's time to try on your friend's sandals and appreciate how we're all different. And two, it's time to dive into ADHD. We're coming to you live from a hot, hot room to talk about what ADHD and autism look like in combination, why there's so little research behind it, hint, it's ableism, and how it feels to have both battling inside you. If you've always felt like you simultaneously have a rigid old woman and a small impulsive child living in your brain together and it's not going well, come join us for what will likely be an eye-opening look into this extra spicy and often contradictory combination of neurodivergences. They said that we'd grow out of it. Well, the joke's on them. That's just our brains. We're eccentric, loud, and stubborn. And most of our clothing is covered in stains. It's not a deficit of attention. There's just too much to think about. So if executive dysfunction becomes a little too much, If you forgot why you came in this room, or you're hypersensitive to touch, then put on your seamless socks and come join our little flock. Bitches stimming together, we're weirds of a feather. Weirds of a All right, are we ready to rock? Yeah. Okay, let's just okay. Let's just let's just go. Welcome to Weirds of a Feather, an ADHD adjacent podcast. I'm your host Grace, and I'm your host Kristen. And uh, we have introduced the podcast. And here now, we are. Now we're here. I get a. It's not a warm up question. It's just a commentary. Okay, it has to be real quick because we got a lot to cover this episode. I know. Sometimes, especially in the summer, when I come over. In my stocking feet, and stocking feet only. Yeah. I like to just temporarily try out you and Ian's flip-flops and just notice how different our feet feel. Yeah. Because, like, your flip-flops are like an imprint of your feet. And my arches are so high. They're so they're the highest arches in the world. Yep. It's a world record. World record arches. And Ian, his feet are big. Yeah. They're just so big. There's so much of it. There's so much foot. <laughs> Just keeps going. <laughs> and it's, sometimes it's nice to like sit back and appreciate and just be like, oh, we are all different. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good conclusion so, that you've come to. I hope you don't mind that sometimes I do that. You play a little Goldilocks with our shoes. Yeah. I don't mind at all. It's not that I'm preferring one over the other. I, it's just like Grace's feet are different. Ian's feet are different. And my feet are different. Wow. Three people. Three different feet. Yeah. Well, six different feet. Six different feet. <laughs> Only three of them are different. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm fine with that. I didn't know that was something you did, but I approve. It's one of my favorite pastimes. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad I know that about you. Yeah. I feel like I should I should share it now that I'm now that it's summertime and it's uh, the season of flip flops. Yeah. It's time to try on your friend's sandals. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. All well, right. That was a good warm up commentary. Thank yeah. you for that. Goldilocks. <laughs> Should we do some little accomplishments yeah. before we get into the meat of this in episode? The it is the meat. meat. But not yet, because first we have little accomplishments. All right. Let's do that song. Little, little accomplishments, but big oh, in our shit. hearts. <laughs> I knew, for some reason, I knew you were going to do that. I, damn it. 
Can right. we do it again? Yeah. Okay. But I'll, I'll probably leave that in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I, I, you would think I would get this down. I never do. Okay. Nah, I don't I'm really ready. think you'll ever get any of this down, <laughs> which is what I'm here for. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Little accomplishments, but big in our hearts. There you go. All right. Second time's a charm. I had to warm up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really get a warm-up question, so this is your warm-up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Grace. Yes. What's your little accomplishment? I cleaned out the goddamn fridge. Oh, that's such a big accomplishment. Right? Especially because we had not gone grocery shopping in probably like three weeks yeah. since past when we needed to. Yeah. We've just been like kind of scrapping and Living scrounging. Living off the land. What? Living off the land. Yeah, we really, really? have been. Slash the land of your shop. bare cupboards. Yes. <laughs> uh, and part of the problem, well, there are many problems to this problem, but part of it is that our fridge was packed full of like a bunch of different tuppies of leftovers oh. that have gone bad. Oh, there were literally like eight or nine big glass Pyrex dishes of leftovers that had That's gone so bad. much space. Yeah, it took up the whole fridge. I'm like, we have a packed fridge, but there's nothing edible in here. And that was really holding me back from getting groceries. So I finally cleaned out all of those goddamn tuppies. Yeah. Threw them away. Took the trash out because it stunk. Yep. Put the tuppies to the dishwasher. Are you doing that thing where you put the white trash bags into the purple trash yes. bags? So you don't have to use so many city purple trash bags? Yes. Good. I am. Because nice. it's annoying. So I also got white trash bags. Here you go. Uh, because here in Portland, you have to buy your trash bags like through the city. You have to buy like city trash bags and the trash. I think a lot of trucks. cities do that. Do they? Because every other city around here does not. It's only Portland. Um, I think. I think so. Well, it's frustrating. And then if you have something stinky in that bag, then it's like, do you continue using that bag even though it's half full and you paid fucking seventeen dollars a bag? Just no, kidding. it's seventeen dollars for a you whole. You put goal. bags and bags and bags, and is it more wasteful? Yes. Yes. But, but we're on a budget. Yeah. I need to do bags and bags. And also, like, I'm not single-handedly causing climate change. So, like, come at me, billionaires. Yeah. My two extra trash bags I'm going to use. <laughs> anyway, I'm really proud of myself. The fridge was disgusting. And then once I cleaned it out, it was literally, like, almost empty. I was like, wow. Nice. All of that was garbage. Ugh. So, I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm proud of you. Thanks. What did you do? What did you accomplish? Uh, last night, Christopher and I had a little accountability night. Um, I did some Facebooking on the, and did some emails and did some, well, Facebooking was, that was more for fun, but, um, well, you were responding to people in our Facebook group. Yeah. Some responses that I put off for far too long and then did some research and all kinds of stuff. And then Christopher did his crochet because now that Grace has crocheted, we are all learning how to crochet. Everybody's yes. crocheting. I started a trend and now I don't want to yep. do it anymore. <laughs> really? Yeah, kind of. You're done? No, I, I'm still doing it, but it's just one of those things, you know? Yeah. Told too many people. And now I'm like, all right, well, that was the fun of the hobby, was yeah. telling people. Yeah. And showing them my sad little granny square. Yeah. But I no, I'm, I'm still going. You should. It is very relaxing. My hand, is I it? did it last night. And just talk about how Christopher had a meltdown. He definitely he had a meltdown. <laughs> he, I mean, he's got a lot of things going on. So I think it was like an accumulation. And the crochet just pushed And the crochet. The he literally sat there for three hours trying to figure out how to do one, the magic ring the or magic whatever. Loop. One loop. I gave up on that. Not even my mother-in-law, Judy, can remember how to do that. So that's it's how you know it's difficult. I YouTube video. I got it down, I think. Do you? Yeah. 
I got to watch a YouTube video again, but like, I think I have it down. But yeah, so I feel really bad because he tried really hard and I knew he was getting more frustrated, but it's like, there's, there's so much. And so, yeah, he kind of, it was relaxing for me, not so much for him, Yeah, but it can be relaxing. I can be relaxing, but it was an accountability night and I got some stuff done. And you know what? I went through my mail. Guess who got a check in the mail? Yeah. Yeah. From my escrow. Cause I paid too much in taxes. Whoa. So I got like a $200 check. See, that's why I was like, shoot, I gotta go through my mail through more often. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't follow my own advice, but sometimes there's money in there. Yep. Yep. So, so open your mail, this everyone. Is PSA to all you guys with a bathtub full of mail. Yep. Go through that mail. There might be money or coupons. Sometimes you get really nice coupons. Yeah. And that is like money that's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> I think I'd rather just have money, but yeah, coupons are also good, I guess. But All yeah, right. We've got quite a bit to talk about. Yes. Today. Get ready to hear me talk. Yep. I'm ready. Unlike normally where I'm just like a quiet little guy in yeah, the corner. Yeah, you're usually like the shy, reserved. Yeah, I'm like oh, holding back your opinions. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have strong opinions on that, so I probably shouldn't speak yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so me. That's so you. I never have an opinion about anything. Uh, but today I have a very strong opinion about this topic because we are covering ADHD, woo, woo, woo. which remember is autism plus ADHD. And so the fun we already have like name. a little bit about it, right? Yep. You can go, you mean the first episode we did? Yeah. Yeah. You can go back and listen to part one on autism where we kind of just do like a rundown of the basics of the basics of autism and kind of talk about like diagnosis and the DSM definition and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to be getting a little bit, a little bit more into what the combination of autism plus ADHD looks like because ADHD can look so different from just ADHD or just autism. And so it's really kind of difficult. It's an entity in itself. Yeah. It's its own like third category. And so it can be confusing. It can be really hard to suss out like which is which if you have both, if you just have one. So we're hoping that this episode will start to kind of help you figure it out for yourself and also help you start to like identify those things in us, which I'm hoping will in return help you understand yourself and others more. Sometimes I'm like, do we talk about ourselves way too much on this podcast? But then I'm like, that's, that's kind of the whole premise is that neurodivergent people like hearing personal examples that they can relate to. Yeah. And if I you just want to like get the research facts you would just listen to a different podcast right it I feel like it makes it more specific yeah and I know? really like I really benefit from hearing pers people's personal examples that helps me understand the behavior more as opposed to just like a textbook definition right. of what is happening it's too generic too yeah. vague so I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm hoping. hoping by hearing us talk about how we experience ADHD that will just kind of like get the gears turning of like, it's not just a list of descriptors. It's also like, this is how it plays out in our everyday lives. Yeah. Yeah. Got anything else or should we just like jump right in? I think we should jump in. Let's. Let's get wet. Plug our noses and <laughs> jump right in and get so wet. Oh, <laughs> oh no. 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 I regret it. Get, uh, get into the wet. Get into the wet. Yeah. yeah that's much better. I hated that yeah for both of us yeah I, wasn't I hated hearing that. that and I hate that that came out of your mouth but same forget you heard that yeah pretend I didn't let's let's yeah. get into the wet yes all right so the main resource we are using today it comes from embraceautism.com woo woo 
You big fan? Um, well, actually, you are. I am a big. You were fan. telling me what a great it's, resource it was. This is. <laughs> it's such a good, like, well-designed website. It's very clear. There are appropriate icons, and it's organized very well. And there's a lot of. Not only is there a lot of good information, but it's just organized in a very like aesthetically pleasing way. It's a bunch of blues, like lighter blues and darker blues, and it just. Yeah. It's nice to look at. There's nothing worse than a poorly designed website. It makes me not want to participate in that website. Especially when you're going there as an ADHD or autistic person, like specifically to find info about this. And it's like, great, this is the layout is not made for my brain. Right. That's cool. Or if it's just like, it just is like odd. Yeah. Like, just. So we love the UX of this website. Yeah. Thank you. And we Embrace also love autism. what is in it. Yeah. So, I found a great article about ADHD, which, like I said, is the combo of autism and ADHD, and that is what we are covering today. Uh, they also have a bunch of autism tests that are all compiled on there, and it's a really amazing resource if you want to take some of those tests yourself. Um, and before I dive into this article that we're using today, I wanted to share a quick little bit about the autism tests on there, because our Australian friend Anya and I were messaging about autism, and we were kind of talking about like those autism assessments and she was saying that she always scores really low on the autism assessment, and she sent me that resource for me to take the test as well. And first of all, I realized that I have definitely tried to take a few of these autism tests that are on this website before in the past, but I've always quit and given up because the questions are just like frustratingly vague, mm -hmm. which I feel like this is a sign of autism in itself, <laughs> like needing every single little detail before, before making the best, most accurate decision like the question, would you rather go to a party or a library? It's like, what kind of question is that? Right. I mean, what if there's a party at the library? And what kind of party is it? Right. What's happening at the library? Do I need to go to the library? Like, who's at this party? Right. And I just feel like I need 10,000 more details before I can give an answer. And I also feel like the questions kind of like reveal their bias as you're taking them. Right. Like I know if I click on, I'd rather go to a library. They're like, autism. Right. You know? <laughs> Which and I just feel like it's very reductive. Also, like, when are you in the situation of, like, mm, there's a party and a library event. I have to go to both. College. Like, well. <laughs> you every single Friday night in college. You know what? Is a perfect example of that decision. And you always chose library. I did. Autism. You must be autistic. When, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't. It was just because I had lots of exams. That's what I'm saying. The question's too big. Right? But I'd rather be at a party in college, especially in college. Man, I was an animal. But Yeah, like now, I don't know. Now. Once again, what kind of fucking party is it? Right. Is it like a little gathering of my closest friends or is it a house party? Right. It's house party? No. Little Are there going to be hors d'oeuvres? What? Are there gonna be, is there going to be hors d'oeuvres? Yeah, what's the food situation? What time is it at? Right. Because if it's after 8 p.m., probably no, not. Probably not. But anyways, this time, after Enya messaged me, I finally got myself to finish one of these tests. I didn't rage quit. I stuck with it. Uh, Proud of you. So I took the autism quotient. It has 50 questions. Ooh, I scored a, a 40. Chris, Out of 50? Yep. And 50 is like the most autistic. Well, yeah, there are 50 questions. I don't know how they score it, but I think... I think like the, the higher was like 20 or something. Oh, so 20 plus. 20 or above. It's like, yeah, probably it's the TISM. So I got yeah. 40. Kristen, you got 33, which yeah. is crazy. And once again, these don't mean that you're more or less What autistic. do you mean, which is crazy? Because I remember we've tried to take these tests in the past, and yeah. you got much higher than I did. Like, I remember specifically, we were on this website yeah. taking other autism assessments, like, last year. Yeah. And mine was, like, much lower 
Yeah. And it was like maybe mild autism, which like we don't use those terms anymore. Whereas yours was like higher than mine. And so this time it's the other way around. I think I we just po- need to take more tests. We'll just do an average. Okay. What's the mean? Yeah. But I wonder <laughs> if part of it is that like now that I'm embracing more of my autistic traits. Oh. I'm like allowing myself to be like, you know what? Yes, that is me. I am extremely rigid about rules. Just I was so black and white about thinking about it where I'm like, well, not all the time. So no. <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, I see that that's my it thinking It depends process, on the you know? rule, I think. Yeah. And so before I was like, well, it's not with all rules. So no. Right. Like no talking in class. You were not hard on that rule. Yeah. But then when I. Because the rules don't, they have to make sense to you. Yeah. I have to agree that this is a good rule and then I will enforce it forever. But if it's You're a rule, rigid about your own rules. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I was just saying on. My episode with Christopher that I'll make up rules about like which sponge is used for which. Yeah. I also want to comment on that episode. Yeah. But I still think that the salt and pepper should go in the cabinet. Why? If you use it every day. Just put it away. Don't put it down. Put it away. Well, you and Christopher need to have this argument. I know. Because <laughs> with Ian, he'll just be like, okay, I'll just put it away. <laughs> or I'll just leave it out on the counter, you know? It just, it belongs... It belongs in a museum. No, I know you don't know that quote. It it belongs in the cabinet. We don't have time for the discussion. I, uh, okay. Take your relationship problems somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Chris and I both scored. We knocked it out of the park. So yes to autism on these tests. Woo woo. Uh, but I was telling Enya that another reason why these tests are fr- so frustrating is because I can tell which questions and which answers are like meant to sway me in which direction and how I'm going to be calculated based on how I answer each, each question. So it's really annoying and hard to like not have that influence my answers. Right. And I'm she to responded. Okay. Which, what? Go ahead. She responded and said, it's so funny to me that you approached the autism quotient like it was trying to trick you. Deep belly lols here with <laughs> you and not at you. It doesn't matter if you know what the questions are implying. Either it speaks to your life or it doesn't. It's a tool, not a puzzle. Ha, 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 mate, I love that. I thought that was funny that she called me out on <laughs> trying to solve this autistic test like it's a puzzle, which in itself is autistic. You're trying to, like, hack it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I know what it's up to. Yeah. I see your games. I see the pattern. <laughs> pattern uh, recognition. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So all of this is to say, it turns out that, yes, I am, in fact, autistic. Kristen, you are also, in fact, autistic. Yeah, I think we all knew that. I think we knew that. Yes, we did. And it turns out not everyone scores super high on those. Because I think Enya got, like, an 11 or something. Really? whenever I take these tests, I'm like, well, everyone will put this. Yeah. (laughs) But no, they don't. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently, no, they don't, even if people can relate to us a bunch. I also feel like if you're researching it enough to take all these autistic tests there's a high likelihood yes or you just are very adhd and you're like but is it autism back and forth back and forth and even if you might not think you're autistic right now and just adhd i don't know give it a year because that was me a year ago where i'm like no definitely not and now i'm like yeah probably definitely yes so who knows you know you might uh i feel like the more you learn about autism the more you can see your own traits and until then i don't know no pressure Go at your own speed. Go at your own time. You know, discover yourself as much as you're comfortable with. So this was meant to be a quick little thing. And it's obviously it's not. But uh, it never is. Yeah. So, yeah, not everyone scores super high on those or rage quits because of not enough specificity and detail to the questions. 
So go check those out. That's at, uh, what is it? Auto- Embrace, Embrace Autism. Autism. Com. I it'll, thought it'll be in the resources. They like had the quotient test, but they also had like little examples of each question too. Yeah. Which was really helpful because that's, we both like, we both were like craving more specificity or yes. requiring more specificity. And so it was nice that they had, because there was a lot of questions that I would have said, answered one way if they just gave me that one prompt but because they had like the extra like here's an example and then I was like oh now I know what they mean and no the opposite is true yeah and that's one of those things that makes it so difficult to take those tests is because they're not written for the autistic brain which is very very rigid very black and white very all or nothing so if you have a question that like describes something that maybe you don't relate to the description you're like oh that's not me but yeah, you give an example and you're like, oh yeah, I can see how that plays out in real life. That is me. Or, you know, I just feel like they're just not written for the autistic brain to like interpret it correctly. Right. So they all, there are a bunch of tests on there. They all have their pros and cons on the website and it does a really good job of highlighting like what the pros and cons are. Mm. So take them with the discretion. It's not like a final diagnosis, but if you've been like doing a bunch of research and looking at your own traits... I feel like it, this can just be one more thing to like add to your self-assessment as like more evidence because we need all the evidence before we can come out and say we're autistic. <laughs> you got to gather every single piece of evidence there is. Um, and if you find yourself wanting to rage quit because the questions lack enough specificity and detail to give you the most accurate answer possible, just remember that autistic executive dysfunction looks like not being able to do something if you can't do it perfectly. So either just like answer the vague questions as best as you can or take your quitting as a sign that you are most likely autistic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, Kristen, uh, I think that you and I should take a couple more of these together. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe we could do it as like a Patreon episode. I love taking quizzes like this. I do too. Um, like remember when BuzzFeed was a big thing yes. and you had all these buzz. Like I want to take these buzz. And before that, Cosmo quizzes. Oh. I've always loved a personality quiz. We absolutely need to get some old cosmos yeah. and take those quizzes yeah they'll be so misogynistic it'll be so fun uh, so we maybe we'll to. do both autism assessments and cosmo quizzes as yeah. patreon content and once that gets up and running yeah, yeah it's in the works yep almost yeah and you can come like join along and listen to us because once again you know it might be helpful to like hear us break down the questions yeah all right so let's slam into this topic. ADHD. ADHD. Woo woo. And that's our song called ADHD. Yep. yep. It's not very good. I was really hoping I would come up with another verse, but I was hoping you would too. Uh not today. You'll get it one day. It's very hot in here. Our brains are it, hot. I'm Sweaty. We added more sound padding to the pod lock. We're in an incubator today. Yeah, it means that Hopefully it is, the sound quality is better. It fucking better be because goddammit, it's hot in it's here. It's really hot. I'm very warm. There's no AC. Yeah, I know because um, we can't, can't have we AC can. in here. It, I mean, I know that there are hotter places like Texas is going through heat waves like 115. No, this is the hottest room that this exists is, right now. I feel like I'm in a womb. Yeah. We're womb mates. Oh. All um, right. But I'm ready to get out of the womb with you because it's so hot. So <laughs> let's get going. Let's push. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. That's such a... <laughs> we wouldn't be pushing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about ADHD. 
<laughs> okay. So my article that I have, um, it's from Embrace Autism, and it's called Autistic and ADHD Traits by Deborah Berkovici, PhD. Berkovici. Berkovici. I'm just going to call her Dr. Deborah. I'm sorry, Dr. Deborah, if that is offensive. Your last name is cool, but I'm it not is gonna, really. Cool. I'm not going to be able to remember that. We're not going to be able to it. move forward because your last name is so cool. Yeah, I'll I'm not going to be able to get it. past that. Yes. So. Berkovici. An accommodation I'm giving myself is that I'm not going to say your last name because it'll be distracting. So yeah. you're Dr. Deborah. Dr. Deb. Article. Dr. Deborah. Not to be confused with brother and sister Deb from an earlier episode. Oh, yeah. Sister Deborah. Sister Deborah. I don't know what that is. Um, we don't have time. Yep. All right. Dr. Deborah says, research shows that upwards of 50% of autistic people also have ADHD. Although I will say that some studies indicate up to 70% of people have both. Woo-woo. So the numbers are still out because this is not very researched. ADHD especially, like, does not have much research right. behind it. Well, even the DSM-5 right now. Yep. Says that you can't have both. And we all know that that is not true. Does it still say that or was it changed for the fifth one? I know. Uh, 2013. Yeah. When did the DSM-5 come out? No, we don't have time. We don't have time. (laughs) But up until 2013, you couldn't be diagnosed with both. So this like new profile of ADHD is relatively new. And there's a lot of research lacking behind it. So... The best thing we can do is kind of like scrounge the few articles we have together and then also seek out the life experiences of ADHDers because for anything, like that's going to be your best source of just learning about like how this plays out day to day. Right. Um, So for ADHD individuals, this is Dr. Deborah. She says for ADHD individuals like myself, we love an author who can relate to what Mm -hmm. she's talking about. um, It can be confusing to parse out which of my traits can be attributed to ADHD versus autism And that's because internally, it all combines to form one experience. Mm -hmm. However, clinically, the diagnostic criteria for each are distinct. So let's break it down. So I just want to give a quick little summary of ADHD criteria versus autism. Because I feel like we haven't talked about the ADHD criteria in a long time. Yeah. I think it's helpful to like have that immediate back to back. Yeah. So according to the DSM, there are no overlapping traits between autism and ADHD because autism is diagnosed primarily based on social and communication differences and repetitive patterns of behavior, whereas ADHD is diagnosed based on attentional differences. Mm-hmm. So the summary of ADHD criteria, we know that there are two types of ADHD, inattentive and hyperactive. Here we focus solely on inattentive traits because autistic people with co-occurring ADHD predominantly display the inattentive type. So those traits are, for inattentive ADHD, makes careless mistakes or lacks attention to detail, difficulty sustaining attention, does not seem to listen when spoken to directly, fails to follow through on tasks and instructions. Sorry, this list feels so mean and personal. (laughs) Direct attack on us. (laughs) Exhibits poor organization, avoids or dislikes tasks requiring sustained mental effort. So true. Yeah. Uh, loses things necessary for tasks and activities. Yep. Is easily distracted. Oh, yeah. And is forgetful in daily activities. Yep. So that's the ADHD criteria. Nailed it. Yep. Got it's all of them. <laughs> 10 out of 10. All right. The summary of autism criteria. So autistic ind- individuals must display social communication and interaction differences across multiple contexts. So differences in social-emotional reciprocity, like reduced back-and-forth conversation compared to allistics, which means non-autistics. Allistics. I disagree. Well, you can't. First of all, we already talked about how we disagree with all of these in the first part of autism. All right, I'm sorry. 
Okay. We've already talked about why these are not accurate and they're written from a neurotypical standpoint. Right, right. And how... Because we can go back and forth all day. Oh, my God. It's just going to be the right topic. And it's got to be the right person. Yeah. I can't go back and forth with someone who's not giving me anything. Right, someone right. Who it's like going on a date with someone who, like, doesn't... You're like, how was your day? And they're like, good. And you're like, what do you do for a living? I work... Bank. Bank. Yeah, you got to give me something. Yeah. So... Yeah. All right. If you want to hear our complaints about every single one of these autistic DSM diagnostic criteria, go back and listen to part one of autism. Yep. But we're just going to do a quick summary of them and just know in our hearts that we disagree with these and it's not specific enough. All right. In our hearts. In our hearts. We also have differences in nonverbal communication, which is reduced eye contact or body language compared to allistics. That's and I, fair. I just want to jump in here with a clarification because someone DM'd us and they were asking about like ADHD struggles with eye contact versus autistic ones. Because I think I mentioned in our part one that if you have a really hard time with eye contact, that's autism. In my brain, I was like, I'm saying exactly what I mean. But no, I wasn't. I feel like I wasn't specific enough because so they both come with eye contact difficulties, but the reasons are different, which is often what we see in this autistic criteria. It's like maybe on the outside, ADHD and autism can look similar, but the traits are happening for different baseline reasons. Mm-hmm. So with ADHD, we have difficulty with eye contact because we're distractible. We're always like looking around. We're taking in a bunch of info. It gets boring to just like make eye contact with someone and pay right. attention. Often it can be harder to pay attention when you're looking at someone, I find, Um, so ADHD definitely comes with challenges of like keeping eye contact for those like inattentive, distractible reasons. Autism comes with difficulty with eye contact in the sense of like, it feels bad to make eye contact. Right. It's not that we, it's not that we just like struggle to make it Well, we do, but also it's that like, we don't really want to. Right. Um, where for some, and once again, blanket across the board, this is not speak for every single autistic person and does not speak for every single ADHD person. When we say this, I know one ADHD or actually who loves eye contact, but for a lot of autistic people, who's that? Billy. She loves Uh, it. She loves it. Yeah. But I also think that some autistic people say that they like eye contact, but they don't realize that they're not really making it is the other (laughs) thing I've noticed, you know? They just want you to make it. Yeah, or they, like, I always thought I was fine with eye contact until actually Billy at my preschool job was like, you're always looking around. You don't make eye contact that much. (laughs) And then that was the first time as, like, a 30-year-old person, like, oh, my God, I don't make eye contact. (laughs) Like, I can, but if I'm making eye contact during, especially, like, a conversation that's more serious or with someone I'm not super comfortable with, Mm -hmm. I am forcing myself to make eye contact the entire time. And that's all you can think about is, like, I must make eye contact. Yes. And it's beyond just the ADHD distractibility. It's like, this feels bad in my brain. And actually, they've done studies that show that some autistic people, the fear center lights up in their brain when they make eye contact, where it feels like a physical threat to stare into someone's pupil. So, yeah, I just, I hope that, like, clears it up a little bit that, you know, challenges with eye contact don't just mean autism, but if you're, like, scared of eye contact or it freaks you out or you just like really feel like a negative response yeah you're having some kind of negative response uh beyond just like i don't wanna but if it's (laughs) if your brain is like no uh then that is more autism god yeah 
And then if you have ADHD, you have both challenges where you're distractible and your brain doesn't like eye contact. So. There's just no eye contact ever. Yeah, which is why it's not happening. Stare at the wall when I talk. Yeah, and it's easier. Yep. And I feel like, especially like if someone's giving me instructions, I got to look at the floor. Yep. And then I have to like repeat back to them. Because when you're interpreting eye contact as like a threat, any eye contact you're making, you are masking, which means yep. your nervous system is activated, which means you're like having to put all of your energy into just doing this thing that people expect of you. And so it's so much harder to expend more energy also trying to like process what's being said so yeah I also have to stare off into the distance if someone is like telling me something complex you can't think about both one of my coworkers is leaving so th there's only two PAs so there's a desk open and the remaining PA was like oh we should move our desks so we sit right across from each other that way we can look at each other no and I'm like why the fuck would you want to do that <laughs> Absolutely not. You're my crazy. desk stares at a wall. So I get to stare at the wall. And that's what I like to stare. I like that's to so stare nice. at my wall. I cannot. There's. I wouldn't be able to get any work done if you're going to sit me not only next to a window, but across the street from you or oh, whatever. God. There's no way. Yeah. My favorite time to have a conversation, driving in the car. Oh, yeah. you're sitting next to each other. That's a great time. There's no expectation to make eye contact nope. or look at each other. You're both just that's staring great. straight ahead. I love sitting next to someone and having a convo. Especially if you have something to watch. Yeah. You, yeah. Know? you guys you get a little enter entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. And no the pressure's one taken off of No you. one should be making eye contact in the car, especially if you're the driver. You got I, eyes on the road, buddy. And whenever they do it in a movie or a show, I'm like, watch the road. Watch the road. I'm always waiting for what a are you looking at? car crash. Yeah. Yeah. Christopher <sighs> doesn't know this, but every time we have to have like a serious conversation about like relationship stuff, he goes from making no eye contact to making all of the eye contact. It's like oh. a switch. And now I'm like, now I'm, am I supposed to uphold this eye contact? And I feel bad because I feel like if I don't, then he doesn't think I'm paying attention. So sometimes I just, I look away, I go, I'm still, I'm still listening, but I'm like, I just have to turn away because I can't process because the eye contact is too much, yep. it's too intense. And I think that's, this is one of those things where you really just have to like explain to your partner what's going on because people always expect us to make eye contact and, and neurodivergent people do as well. You know, like, yeah, there's an example. Christopher is also autistic and normally doesn't make great eye contact. No. But then in certain he, like, emotional certain, states, yeah. he wants to like do it as a way to connect probably. Probably. But Who for knows you, what's going on in there? <laughs> there's no way to know. Oh, there's seriously. no way to know. <laughs> well, science will never uncover what's going on in Christopher's brain. <laughs> but that's one of those things where like you can't really force yourself to do it if you're having this fear response. And if you right. are forcing yourself, you're forcing yourself to mask. And that's not fair to us to like ourselves through that just because other people want to have some sign that you're listening it's like i'm listening just trust me that i am listening do right. i need to give you like and visual that's why confirmation? i say i'm still listening yeah so i think just explaining like hey i have a really hard time both like processing what's being said and keeping eye contact so like it's one or the other yeah, i can have pick one yeah i can make great eye contact great, and nothing's that's going all, in my brain that's it that's yeah. all i'm doing yep there's nothing else going on up there. Yeah, it's solely just, focused yeah, on it's eye contact. It's just only eye contact. Yeah. So that's an important little accommodation to give yourself. You know, don't force. And same with like working with autistic kids in school. I never, ever worked on eye contact because apparently I don't like it, which is part of it. But I always <laughs> felt like that's so inappropriate right. to force someone to make eye contact. Right. Now I know why. It's because I don't want to be forced to make it. But like really, seriously, don't ever force a kid to make eye contact. They, If you need a sign that they're or listening. Or force a hug. Oh, yeah. I, you know. 
Never. Kids will hug when they want to hug. Yeah. Ew. Don't force and a kid to touch one, your body. Kids are sticky. That's gross. Don't 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 let them hug you. And then don't <laughs> force them to hug. It's your you. issues. You don't want kids. I hugging you. would prefer not to, but my nephews love a good hug. Uh, big sticky. A uh, big sticky hug. They're less sticky now that they're older. Yeah. Um, but when they were like toddlers, you're just like, oh, oh great. no. I'm so glad that you're happy. Yep. <laughs> glad you're enjoying this. Yep. All right, and the last autistic trait uh, that we're summarizing, apparently, for this autistic criteria is differences in developing, maintaining, and understanding relationships, like difficulty adjusting to different social contexts, Mm. which, like, as wrong as that sentence is, I will say that I do have difficulty adjusting to different social contexts if it's, like, an unexpected one. Yeah. All right, so the diagnostic criteria for autism also include the presence of distinct patterns of behavior, interests, and activities. And this accounts for our special interests, stimming behavior, sensory sensitivities, etc. And as you can see, none of the criteria for ADHD refer to social or communication differences, and none of the criteria for autism refers to attention. I see. Although ADHD does come with its own struggles with social and, co- social and communication differences, but those aren't like a core feature of right. the disability. Right. Dr. Deborah goes on to say, That's understanding good. the DSM criteria might make it easier for some of us to, to distinguish our ADHD and autism traits based on social interactions versus attentional characteristics. However, for me, this has never felt complete. If the criteria for diagnoses appear to be clearly defined without any overlap, why do so many of us neurodivergents struggle to classify our traits? She says, my own personal light bulb moment was realizing that the diagnostic criteria classify outward observable traits, but do not reflect our internal experiences. Hmm. That's such a good way to put it. And that's exactly it. It's written from like outside and observable things. Yeah. We're like, oh. Damn. Like you're being studied. Yes. Yeah. So there, so of course, as someone who's experiencing the autism from inside, none of that is really going to speak to my struggles because like, well, I can socialize sometimes. Sometimes I, you know, do fine with that. It depends on the context. So it's really hard to kind of label that from the outside when the internal experience feels so different. So she says, what can look like one thing on the outside does not fully represent the accompanying vast and varied experiences that go on inside our bodies and minds. Since the DSM has distinguished autism from ADHD based on external presentation of traits, the holistic way in which we make sense of and navigate the world does not get factored into the diagnostic criteria, often making it difficult for us to see ourselves fully represented. Um, There are also other unique ADHD traits that aren't mentioned in the DSM, like divergent thinking and altered time perception, but we've talked about those enough on here and there's no time. There's no time. So then when it comes to co-occurring autism and ADHD or ADHD, like I said, there's not a ton of articles and research specifically into this like profile of both because it's kind of like a newer thing. Dr. Deborah says that listening to members of the ADHD community can provide a lot of insight about our experiences, which official research has yet to capture. Yeah. So listen to us. This is our experience. Right. Also, TikTok is a great source. Yes. Yeah. He, just hearing those. Because it's also like, I don't know. I love TikTok so much. I know I'm addicted to it, but yes. like, I think you I just see people. You learn so much. You learn so much. And, and you see people like in their own homes, in their own clothes. There's no like facade of like. Big Hollywood, you know? Yeah. You just, you like really see 
like every perspective, including yeah. like the neurodivergent, the ADHD, all these like smaller groups of people that wouldn't necessarily have a voice. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of that, I just want to throw in here that like when we're talking about autism in these last few episodes, we're really just talking about like our experience with autism. There is a whole range of autistic people, some being non-speaking, which is how we say it used to be called non-verbal, but they have words. It's just not in like speaking form, like whether they're using like an AAC communication device or something like that. There are autistic people who are non-speaking. Mm -hmm. So it's also important to like listen to their stories. I actually have a good resource for that that I will put in the resources. Yes. But just want to reiterate that once again, we are not speaking for the autistic community as right. a whole. And there are people who are much more disabled by their autism. All right. There's also the savant group, which is like, uh, wouldn't that be nice? Oh, yeah. To have like, like a special a super skill. special skill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't uh, have that one. Didn't get that type. <laughs> yeah. No, I just got all like the like hypersensitivity. Yeah. I just have rigid rules about fucking sponges. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> So Dr. Deborah goes on to say, uh, she reiterates that the DSM was published in 2013, and so you can't be diagnosed with both up until then. Ah, uh, that's what I was referring to. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So as a result, research shows that it is not uncommon for late-diagnosed autistics to have been misdiagnosed with ADHD as a kid or to have been overlooked completely due to their ADHD diagnosis overshadowing their autistic traits. Interesting. And even if you weren't diagnosed as a kid, like for me, I feel like my ADHD really overshadowed my autism, mm -hmm. where yes, I was rigid, but my ADHD didn't allow for me to like follow through on anything that when it came to that rigidity. So it's like I would make up rules or I would have a way that I wanted to do things that was very specific, but like my ADHD wouldn't follow through on it. So from the outside, it didn't look like I was super rigid. And then I think once I started taking my ADHD meds, those autistic traits did come out a little bit more because I was able to then follow through on structure and organization a bit more. But I wonder, it wasn't cured. Question to our listeners who, I wonder if, especially the late diagnosers, once you started taking medication, late diagnosers like suspected or diagnosed um, ASD as well, the ADHDers, did you also find that these autistic traits would uh, present more once you started taking medication. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know your experiences. Yeah. That would be nice. That would be nice to know. Yeah. If you feel like sharing. Yeah. I would like to hear that. Yep. So here are Deborah's, Dr. Deborah's thoughts on like what ADHD looks like in combination. So she says heightened experiences. Ooh, not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like with all of these things. That's, yeah. Uh, an individual with autism plus ADHD often experiences a heightening or an increase in the intensity of certain traits. For example, one study showed that autistic individuals with ADHD demonstrated higher attention to detail compared to individuals with either ADHD or autism alone, hmm. which is crazy. I did not realize that. Yeah. You would is... think like autism alone would be the most attentive to detail because you can be, but I feel like with ADHD you're probably taking in more info than with just one or the other alone. Uh, so because we have higher attention to detail, this may also lead to heightened sensory sensitivities. Since many autistics are bottom-up processors, which, side note, we're definitely going to cover yeah. in a future episode because it's, like, so important yep. for understanding how autistic processing works. Yeah. Where, like, you're taking in all the details before you can see the big picture. Yes. So... 
we already take note of every little detail and sensory aspect of our environment, add on the attentional differences of ADHD, and now we may be completely unable to ignore anything that is going on. Fun! This can make the <laughs> unpleasant sensory stimuli around us even louder and more disruptive. Mm. So that's like her one little blurb about kind of what it looks like in combination. And then she talks a lot about contradictions in ADHD. And I was going to save this part for the next autism episode because I really wanted to do an episode called ADHD versus ASD, the war inside me, <laughs> because that's how it feels when you have both is right. like two totally opposing desires. But I'm finding that it's like pretty much impossible to truly talk about what the profile of ADHD looks like specifically without mentioning how the autism and ADHD contradict each other. Because mm. that's kind of like the whole thing is that one side wants this. The other side's like, no, we can call this episode 80, the war inside me. Yeah, I just might. So maybe we just said the title. How we felt and yeah. feel currently. Yes. Yeah. It truly does feel like two totally different personalities. Like this article, the little points, the contradictions that we're about to talk about, I felt so seen and heard. I'm like, yes, yes, this is it. Yeah. All right. Do you want me to read this little burb and then you can kind of go through the contradictions? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I want to get you in the mix. Yeah. Let me, let me read some, let me tr struggle to read something real quick. Okay. Okay. Let me just finish. I'll yeah. finish this little burb. I'll let you finish. Okay. All right, so I just wanted to share this final bit from the article, and then I'm going to give some real-life examples of how it plays out from various ADHD creators I follow. Ooh. All right, so Dr. Deborah from her original article says, while some autistic and ADHD traits can work in tandem to heighten experiences, they can also oppose each other and create contradictions. Studies report that those with co-occurring autism and ADHD have poorer outcomes than either autism or ADHD alone. Um, God damn it. <laughs> That's fun. Great. As a scientist, my theory is that these contradictions are part of what makes it difficult to manage day-to-day -day life. And yes, Dr. Deborah, you're right on the money with that one. All right, so Kristen, why don't you take us through some of those contradictions okay. that Dr. Deborah mentioned in her article? It's just, it's so much. Yes. Okay. Uh. Number one. You thrive when there's a set routine, an autistic trait, but you struggle to plan and follow a schedule, an ADHD trait, which yep. is my fucking life. I would love to be on a routine and a schedule and like set my alarm and get up at, you know, alarm number one and not alarm number five and like have a, oh, could you imagine the peace of doing the same thing every day? I can imagine. I no. would love it. It would be nice. Yeah. I love to make a routine. I love to like create a schedule. I love to yeah. make a made up routine that I know I'm never going to follow. Yeah. And yeah. it's frustrating. But then at the same time, if you're doing the same thing every day, like, oh, it's so boring. Yeah. My ADHD And gets I want to do something different. Yep. So it's like I need structure, but I need to have some flexibility within that structure. Right. But right. I need someone to make me follow the structure. Right. But also don't tell me what to do. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Why is life so much harder? Uh. You get very distressed when your friend shows up late to your meeting, an autistic trait, but you yourself struggle to arrive at events on time. ADHD trait. Yep. This is me too. I will be so, that is so you. wildly upset for no reason, you know, and, and then I cannot get on time. Like you were so mad at me for showing up an hour and a half late to your barbecue. Yes. And then the next time you came over, you showed up an hour and a half late. Yep. And I was like, it's fine. But you were like, um, so I just could not. I was like, 
how dare they? <laughs> Even though I do the and exact I same know, thing. And I know, I know, and I like see, I almost like see myself from like an outsider, like being like, you're being ridiculous right now. <laughs> you can't have You can't ways. have these expectations. You can't have both. And yep. I just, there's no stopping me. I'm just like, you're I'm going to be upset. Yeah. For no reason. And you've always been so distressed about time. Time. And I feel like it's only in the last few years where that ADHD side of you has come out where you've like, you've become much later yes. to things. Oh my God. It used I was to be so annoyingly early. So, and, and I know when I'm more stressed, I'll be more stressed about time. Yeah. Like we've been having, it's been busy. So mm. lately I've been very like, like even to get here on time with like, cause Christopher is here for the sound editing and everything. And I'm like, so trying to explain to him as he's having his like meltdown trying to crochet. I'm like, if we get up by this time, we can get breakfast. We can pack the car. We'll leave by this time. We'll have enough time to get coffee on the way down. And I'm like trying to convey, which really I just mean like, if I want to be here by a certain time, I got to leave an hour early plus 15 ish minutes to get a coffee. That's all I need to do. Yeah. But it's like, it's just like, I don't know. I have such an issue with time. I do too. It's so it flies by <laughs> before I realize. And it's also hard when you are inconsistent like that. Like yeah. leaving the house. Oh my God. I am always it's the like one that's the like worst. five more minutes. And Ian's like, let's go. But right. then once in a while when it's something like that, where I'm like really stressed about getting there on time, mm-hmm. I am like so rigid about it. Yeah. And it's like not fair to him because I'm never rigid about time. Right. Unless it's like, but this time I really care. This time. So you better be in the car. Gotta be on time. Yeah, I know. I wish like... I, it's, I I understand that it is unreasonable for me to set the same expectations I set for myself. It's unreasonable for myself. Yes. Um, That's the thing about you. You hold your, you hold other people to high expectations, but I know it's because you're also holding yourself to those same rigid expectations. And I want people to not care about the things that I don't care about, but care about the things I care about. And I'm, and you're just like, no one can keep up with this. Yeah. And I know I look at myself and I'm like, this isn't correct. Like you, no one's going to follow this weird thing that I like suddenly feel like getting on time. This one day to recording is going to be really important. Yep. We were late today anyway. <laughs> I, you, I didn't know what time you're supposed to arrive. Yeah, so. I never tell you because I know I'm always going to be late. I don't care if you're late. All I care about is you say, okay, I'm on my way. And that means I know I have an, an hour to do my stuff. Yep. So I don't give a shit when you leave. Just tell me you're leaving. Yep. Don't lie to me and say I'm leaving now, but you're actually around the corner. Yeah. That would be distressing. Other oh, than that, so you could show up whenever. Um. You find engaging. <laughs> Sorry, let me start over. Uh, that was beautiful. You find engaging in a special interest to be soothing an autistic trait, but you also need to jump between multiple special interests to keep you engaged. ADHD. Yep. Yep. Uh, this is hobby collectors in a nutshell. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, here's yeah. my new thing. Yeah, I feel like I have more special interests than other autistic people but I can see if you're just autistic and not ADHD that it's like all right these are my like two or three special interests right and I'm sure you can have more if you don't have ADHD just autism but I think when you throw the combo in there you gotta have a mix-up or and then you have your occasional hedgehog terrarium day where (laughs) it's just a little oopsie whoops the doodles yeah that you don't follow through on yeah 
you are meticulous with your plans, an autistic trait, but sometimes overwhelm yourself by making an impulsive decision, ADHD. Oh, God. I know. Yeah. I it's, do that to myself all the time. I'm like, why did I do that? Fuck. Now I have no plan. Right? We're, yeah, I know. It, and, and it's so, I, I, oh, I just have a hard time, like, changing plans or canceling plans. Yeah. Also, I'm thinking of you where you spent so long, I think it was mattresses or cars. I think it was mattresses where you spent forever researching the perfect mattress. <laughs> you made a fucking Excel spreadsheet and then there was a sale on mattresses. So you're like, I just bought this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were exactly. spent so long. So long. I made a whole spreadsheet. You had to find the exact I did all mattress. the research and I'm not very happy with my mattress. It's because you made an impulse. Decision. I know. I should have. I'm just like, what the fuck? Should have stuck with the research. I, I know. At least I did that with my car. I stuck with the research. Yeah. <laughs> but that is the perfect example right. of how it feels to have the combo. <laughs> it's. It's like, come on, ADHD. Come on. I was trying to plan. Stick with the plan. But oh, there's a sale. There's Suddenly, a sale. This is the right percent off. Based on nothing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so next one. You are meticulous. No, oh, wait, wait. wait. We know. Okay, last one. Last one. When you info dump, you have a habit of speaking too fast, an ADHD trait. But when someone asks you an unrelated question, your responses may be delayed or you may be unable to speak an autistic trait. Yep. Which... I relate to that. I don't know. I feel like I relate to that so hard. I could give you my whole little spiel about ADHD or about autism. Mm -hmm. But then if you ask me a question I wasn't expecting, I'm like, uh, I think uh, it just like has like, well, it's, we have just like a processing delay in audio. Uh, is it the, uh, the, bah, 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 the thing that we talked about before in earlier episodes? Oh, audio. an auditory processing disorder? Yeah. Well, I think it's a combo. I think my brain takes Oh, it has a little delay, like processing what's being said to me. But I also, I agree that my autism comes with not being able to answer things like off the top of my head right. if I wasn't expecting it. Unexpected change. Unexpected. Well, oh, right. It's like a there it ball. is. That question so isn't a part of So if you're going on and on and on about your hedgehog terrarium yeah. and someone goes, did you see that we're having a rainstorm tomorrow? Well, I, even if they ask me, a, all right, so let's use... ADHD is the example. Yeah. If I'm talking to someone about ADHD and then they ask me a totally unrelated question. Yeah. Or a question that's not normally asked when I have this little script of what ADHD yeah. is. Even if I know, even if I like knew the answer at some point or I know the knowledge is in my brain, my mind just goes completely blank. It's like when someone asks you like, tell me about yourself. And you're like, it's a dumb question. Uh, How, where do I even fucking begin? My mind is trying to like compile I hate that every in single interviews. piece of information. Do, do I start at my birth? It was a Tuesday, I think. <laughs> was it? Might be. I'll have to ask my mom. Yeah, she'll find out. She knows these things. But yeah, I feel like that delay, you're right. I think the auditory processing disorder is part of it, but part of it is also an unexpected question mm. where... I, even if I it's do a transition. Have, yeah. Even if I do have the info in there, it's like, whoa, out of nowhere, my brain needs like multiple minutes to catch up. Mm -hmm. I, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense to me. And I also kind of related to this. I just saw someone make a comment about this on TikTok and I had like such a mind blow moment. They're talking about how their like conversational skills, they always thought that they interrupted just because of their ADHD, that mm -hmm. it causes them to just, you know, how you want to just blurt things when it pops into your brain, mm -hmm. ADHD, but also they're saying that they also, their autism causes them to misjudge 
when it's your turn to speak in a conversation. So oh. it's not just the impulsivity of ADHD, like makes learning things. Sense. It's also like, I'm not able to judge when you want me to talk. Like, are right. you done talking? Is it my turn? And that's why we both have trouble on the phone. Because I feel like we don't have those extra visual cues. Of oh. Like, oh, oh, you're done. It's my turn. And I don't want to leave. I hate silence. As you can yeah. tell by me always talking. I can't, I can't leave any silence So in I'm there. so anxious about a si an awkward silence on the phone that I feel like I interrupt too quickly because it's like I'd rather interrupt too quickly than have it be an awkward silence. Yes. Yeah. So I thought that was just like a fun little tidbit of like, right. it's the ADHD that makes me extra socially inappropriate. <laughs> oh right. my goodness. We're, we're cruising pretty fast through this. Yeah, we're cruising through. I got this yeah. last. I got this last little bit where I just have a little uh, TikTok input from some creators. Yeah. Because I like those real world experiences. Yes. So Jamie, our friend Jamie, uh, who makes those amazing mugs, I saw that she asked in the Facebook group for any good ADHD resources and oh, no one yeah. responded. She was asking for peer-reviewed journals and I was like, girl, yeah. there are My none. friend, there yeah. are none. Yeah. <laughs> there are no peer-reviewed journals yeah. on this. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, so for now, I would say, like, seek out the word of other audience. The word of the Lord. No. Yes. Find God. <laughs> and then <laughs> go listen to some audience years, you know, not just like any audience year, but people who are able to, like, analyze their experiences and are kind of describing what it feels like to be ADHD. You can also check out this creator, Megan Griffith, who has a compiled list of the few ADHD resources that there are. Her TikTok is Meg Moxie. And on her, she has like a link tree and oh. in there she has a ton of free resources that are awesome that you can sign up for. She even has a neuro spicy club, Ooh. which is neuro, it's for neurodivergent connection, community and education. So you can join that, which would be cool. That is cool. Are yeah. we part of that? No, but I just found that when I was researching. I feel like we should be. Yeah, maybe I'll join. Um, Let's join the club. And mm -hmm. that's for, you know, I think all neurospicy people you don't have to just be ADHD and so her account she was a big part of like how I came to realize that I am autistic and her TikToks really helped me suss out the differences between ADHD and autism she talks a lot about how they may look similar from the outside but at their core the trait the root causes are different so you can even sign up for her to send you some scientific studies on autism versus ADHD Ooh. and ADHD, which is what I did for this episode. Oh. And here is the point in our episode where I want to make a little note about sensory needs in ADHD because Megan shares a really good study or Megan shares a study talking about it, which will be in the resources. But the study basically finds that atypical sensory profiles, which remember this can be either hyper or hyposensitivity to input. Mm-hmm. These atypical sensory profiles are present in ADHDers regardless of autistic comorbidity. Although, so, although once again, it's hard to kind of suss out because there's so much overlap. In, mm -hmm. There's so many undiagnosed ADHDers out there. I think I said in our part one of autism I, that if you have really strong sensory needs, that's like exclusive to autism. So I think what's really happening is it's not that ADHD doesn't have uh, sensory hyper or hyposensitivity. So I shouldn't have said that like it's just autism if you have sensory needs. But I think because the autism causes you to have an even lower threshold for overstimulation than just ADHD alone, because autism comes with a very sensitive and easily dysregulated nervous system, uh, that sensory overwhelm can become more overwhelming more quickly. So essentially with autism, your threshold for overstimulation is lower. Mm. So ADHD does come with sensory sensitivities 
But with autism, it's like a double whammy because that threshold of how much you can tolerate is lower. Mm. So that is why, you know, Ian is really bothered by this loud squeaking noise, whereas I am like in the corner covering my ears, like right. physically in pain from it. It's bo- We're both sensitive to it, but it's bothering me much more because I'm much more easily dysregulated. Oh. So that's last another- night, I my nail scratched a credit card and made a weird sound. Uh. And not only did I cry, <laughs> um, but I thought I was going to throw up. But I didn't want to get off the couch because, you know, once you're in the wet, you want to stay in the wet. Yeah. And I was really like s- snuggled in. But I was just like, oh, I hate that. And you, whenever you think about it, it like hurts your yeah, teeth. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts my soul a little yeah. bit. Uh, yeah, I hate that. It was just this tiniest little boop and you're like, oh. yeah, I hate when you touch a bad texture. I often have to wash my hands. Like rid me of this sensory experience. Yeah. Um, out, out damn spot. <laughs> yes. Thank you for Shakespeare. Shakespeare. You're welcome. I know my Shakespeare. Right? I don't. I just know that one. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And etu brute. There's another one. There you go. So this would take us into like sensory processing disorder, which we don't have time to get into today. We don't have time. We don't have time. But some research of the doctors claim that sensory processing disorder is its whole is a whole separate disorder. Oh. While others others say that it's a trait of autism and ADHD. So we will probably do like a whole episode on sensory processing in the future to make sure we get it right. But I just kind of wanted to add that in there because, once again, I just, like, say these things as if everyone knows the specificity in which I am thinking. But, yeah, if you have sensory needs, it doesn't mean that you're automatically autistic. You can have sensory needs when you are just ADHD, but with autism, it's going to be more intense and it's going to be more dysregulating. All right. And this last little bit... Oh, I also follow this amazing creator, Morgan Foley. Mm. She's on TikTok as Morgan Foley. She is ADHD and she makes incredible, very, very relatable ADHD content. Go check her out and follow her. She has really helped me understand like so many of my experiences. She has this great video about what executive functioning looks like when you have ADHD. And I thought this was just such a good explanation of like that uh, war inside of me that's going on. So she says... The autistic part of your brain is very detail-oriented, and it sees all the details, and it's absorbing lots of information all at once. And like, sorry to immediately interrupt myself, but I found a 2014 study on the amount of information the autistic brain takes in, and it says, new research from Case Western Reserve University and University of Toronto neuroscientists find that the brain of autistic children generate more information at rest, a 42% increase on average. The study offers a 42%. Science. Yeah. We're taking Jesus. in so much more info. And that's one of those facts that like, it might sound like a brag from the outside, but also it's not necessarily a good thing. It's just like just more info to be distracted by or bombarded Piling with. on more garbage. Yeah. I don't need that much info. Yeah. So I feel like it kind of sounds like a brag when we're like, my brain takes in 42% more like information. Is. But it's also like, womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go sift through all this stuff. We're never going to get through it. Exactly. Yeah. It can be both like a strength and a hindrance. So the study offers a scientific explanation for the most typical characteristic of autism, a withdrawal into one's inner world. And you'll hear people describe autistic people. Ian actually said that about me once. He's like, it's like you're in your own little world. And that was really kind of the day I started being like, am I autistic? Am I? Because <laughs> I do very much live in my own world, which makes sense that we have like so much. I info. feel like I live in your world too. Aw, I do too. But you're also very much in your own world. Uh, yeah. There's 
times where it's like Earth to Kristen. Come in, Kristen. Earth to Mikis. Earth to Mikis. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to add that little bit about how we are truly taking in so much information and our brains don't really know what to do with it. Yep. So Morgan says, so the autistic part of your brain is taking in all this info all at once. But then the ADHD part of your brain has a really hard time processing and categorizing all that info that the autism is bringing in. And like we've talked about with executive dysfunction in ADHD, it's those categorizing, prioritizing skills, not knowing like where to start, how to start, when to start, which order to do things in. So it's like your autism is like, here's all this information. And your ADHD is like, oh, I have no idea how to categorize this. Let's get like random thoughts here and there. Yeah. And it's like, better put this in perfect order. <laughs> uh, so then right. when this happens, it's just sensory overload and overstimulation and anxiety because the autism and the ADHD are contradicting one another. You are aware of the task and you are aware of what to do, but you are so aware of it that it stresses you out. And with the ADHD and not being able to prioritize and categorize what is important, you stress yourself out and there's too much sensory stuff going on. And that's how executive dysfunction can show up sometimes in people with autism and ADHD. So, yeah, I thought that was a good way to kind of break down exactly what that executive dysfunction looks like in ADHD. Mm. And I so relate to that, that I feel like I'm too aware of what I'm not able to do. And it's a bad thing (laughs) where, you know, ignorance is bliss, I guess. Yeah. And also, it's just like, how overwhelming is that when you have all these things going on and you're just, you just have to check out because there's just no way. Yeah. And it, I feel like it, it you're right. It explains why we tend to like disassociate more mm-hmm. because it's like, I overwhelm myself all the time. I'll take on way too much because my ADHD is like more and more and more, more, more. more, more. And then my autism like can't handle it. Right. And vice versa, you know? So yeah, uh, I thought those were some good examples of kind of like how that contradiction looks. I, we're going to obviously talk about this in future episodes. This creator on Instagram under the account ADHD Coach Sheila, she has some awesome Venn diagrams on Ooh. Instagram that I'll save for the next episode, but they do a good job of showing kind of what the ADHD trait is and what the autistic one is and then kind of how that comes together for a perfect hellscape (laughs) so those I just feel like hearing that contradiction and how they combine is really helpful hopefully you guys find it helpful it's helpful for me at least to see to recognize that part is the ADHD and then this part is the autism and I can see how they mesh together so we'll talk about those in the future Um, we also in the future want to do an episode on autism versus allism allistic just means not autistic so you can have ADHD and be allistic. So neurotypical means that your brain is just not necessarily normal, but typical to how people expect your brain to be. Allistic means that you are not autistic. And then autistic means that you're autistic. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know how to summarize that third one. So yeah, I feel like those differences are very pronounced, just like how the differences between like neurotypical and neurodivergent are very pronounced. Mm. Also, the differences between allistics and autistics are very pronounced, where Ian and I, our ADHD can be very similar, but then I have this whole other component of autism that makes me very different from him. Yes. And so I feel like that's really important to understand those differences, especially when it comes to like communication. Apparently, allistics have all these rules and things that we're just totally missing, so... We'll definitely talk about that in a future episode. Yes. Yes. Ask a neurotypical. Yes. You still need to do that. And also, well, I know, 
We've talked about how it's hard to do Ask a Neurotypical because, like, I don't think we know any. I know. It's hard to I think find I know one. I feel like whenever I think someone is neurotypical, it turns out that they're autistic. And they're so good with, like, organization because they're so rigid about it. So it's like, damn it. thought I, I had just, one. But I think... If Ron, you're neurotypical and you know for sure you're neurotypical... Yes. Reach out to or us. Or you have a neurotypical, like, partner or friend. Right. Where you're like, they are so neurotypical. Reach out to us at weirdswithfeather at gmail.com because we... The more people I meet, the more people I'm like, mm, you're one of us. Yes. And it's hard because you really only interact with people who are like us more right. often than not, you know, because right. that's who we're drawn to. Yeah, exactly. I feel like Ryan, Haley's husband, is a pure neurotypical. I feel like oh, he's our yeah, best yeah. bet. I feel like I've got, I know for sure I have more neurodivergent coworkers than neurotypical well, yeah, coworkers. Yeah, you're in surgery. I feel like that's just like a breeding ground for autism. It really is. <laughs> Plus really ADHD is. Because it's like exciting and dynamic. Right. Well, you go down to the ED and that's all ADHDers because there's so much going on. Yeah. And it's just like patient, patient, thing, 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 thing. Yeah. And I feel like people who are like specialists also, I feel like you get a lot of autism, especially if it's like a very, very niche thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I would love to talk. I could talk for days, like interviewing people. I would love to interview neurospices in the medical community. Yeah. And just chat about that and struggles and strengths and stuff. Like it could be interesting. Maybe as a Patreon side quest. Yeah, a little side quest. Side quest. All right. <laughs> no, no. That's patented. Side <laughs> stories. No. No. Side well, stories. No. Yes. <laughs> no, that's not ours. That's not ours. That's that's your other special interest last pod. You know it. We will come up with a different creative title. Side stories. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Also, in future episodes, we want to cover melt autistic meltdowns and shutdowns. Oh, man. man, that's going to be that's its own episode. Be, it's going to yes. throw me into a meltdown. We kind of talk about that. Yeah. Your yard sale meltdown. My yard sale meltdown. me closing the window and having a meltdown mm. the other day. Not being able to close the window and having a meltdown. Uh, yeah. We also want to talk about social skills, sensory processing, uh, whether my nonverbal learning disability is really just autism all along, and much more. <laughs> so, Stay tuned. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so if you have any topics related to autism, ADHD, or like anything else, you can send us your suggestions at weirdsofafeather at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram at weirdsofafeather. You can also join our Facebook group. There are a lot of fun convos going on there. You can support the podcast by buying us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash weirds with feather. Where I just, I just want to point out that was written down. She didn't get, up, get that off. Damn it, Grace. Sorry to ruin it. Ruin my sunshine. No, she got it off the top of her head. Look yeah, yeah. No, it was written out like a script for me personally. Yeah. And I just want to say I'm proud of me for reading that. Um, go me. I'm impressed. Um, I'm reading real good sometimes you read good <laughs> i read good occasionally yeah uh sometimes no sometimes no <laughs> um yeah so we're, now we're up and running with the sound editor and that's basically where all your donations are going for is like we've got we've got foam in our incubator pod loft oh, now it's hot and sweaty it things are is, happening man it is boiling yeah we gotta um, get out of here toasty um but yeah we've got a sound editor we're we're up and running with that and you know all basically all the donations go back into the podcast it's not 
a profitable organization, but no. it I wouldn't even call it an organization because it's not organized. But it's just us. It's just us. But everything goes back into the podcast. So to, you know, um, keep it going, um, obviously pay your bills first, pay your groceries, get all your stuff together. And then if you happen to have enough money for a coffee, that's where you can spend it. Eventually, the goal is to be able to give you bonus content either through Patreon or some sort of um, <laughs> I forget, some sort of something. I was going to say OnlyFans. Probably not OnlyFans. <laughs> no, we're not doing OnlyFans. Um, Please don't look for us there. Yeah, don't look for us there. I better not be on there. Um, <laughs> but for those of you who have donated, thank you, thank you, thank you. It really means a lot. Um, we both really love doing this and we want to continue to do it. And we will because we have uh, to. This is our life now. This is our life now. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. We love it. We, I, I, yeah, I really do love it. I do look forward to our days. So otherwise, I'm just like bombarding random people with my facts about autism. So it's got to go somewhere. Got to channel because, it you know, medium. sometimes even <laughs> I feel bombarded from me. We do this together and you're yes. just like, I read, read an article about this. And you're, I'm like, oh my God. Well, she shut the fuck up about just, I just, I appreciate it so much. And because I know you, you're like head researcher. Oh, I annoy uh, myself. So um, don't worry. But yeah, it's got to go somewhere. So it goes here. Yep. It's going uh, to you. And that being said, are you ready for the bod? Yeah, let's do it. I want your bod. Nice bod. Today's bird, everybody can recognize. It's the robin. Actually, I have no idea what a robin sound makes. And also, yeah, I don't know if everyone has robins in their I feel area. like they're pretty universal. I guess in North America. No, they're not. Well, sure. Should we do a seagull? Sure. Let's do a seagull. Do a fucking seagull. I thought you were going to do a robin. Well, we're doing seagulls now. Cause... All right. Scratch that. No robin. We're doing a seagull. We're doing a seagull. Uh, the world's first rat on wings. <laughs> Seagulls are known for stealing sandwiches out of my nephew's hands while he's eating it they and making him cry. <laughs> Seagulls are known for picking through people's trash at the beach. Seagulls are known for knocking someone's French fries strategically out of their hand and then have all their friends come and eat them. I watched that happen. I also was attacked by a seagull on a beach from Where my sandwich. Where are you? It came out of nowhere. Bashed my sandwich out of my hand. Little dick. All right, you ready? Sure. uncanny right we can't even get the easy birds right i know <laughs> god that wasn't that was pretty good wasn't bad i'm about to make some friends with some seagulls. we just we just have to practice is the problem we don't we practice at all practice. we gotta go to the beach we don't do anything with ourselves although i practice by myself in my home just by my echolalia but that's always like a morning dove Wow, I feel like emotions. Oh right man, now. we just need some waves in the background. That's a seal. Oh, I hear it. Yeah. That's an old beach scene. Yeah. Let us take you there. Hot dogs for sale. <laughs>
All right. Specifically mean. <laughs> so goddamn hot. Let's get out of here.